So doing these podcasts has made me a lot more conscientious what I'm doing in my life to help with the everyday environment and what we can do as individuals to help. Our last few podcasts, we've talked a lot about recycling and the proper way of doing it. Um, And then today we're doing a podcast on how we can help with litter, how we can help overalls with the plastics that we use, how we recycle, and that how that affects the environment with litter. So I I hope everyone gets to take a little something uh, out of this and that everyone can kind of do their part as individuals with the environment. So we are talking about litter on this next episode of EnviroPod. Welcome to the podcast that discusses everything environment within Fairfax County and how the dedicated people from our Department of Public Works and Environmental Services keep doing what they do to help our residents and our environment. I'm Scott Coco. Litter. I guess we just get used to it, but it's out there. And what can we do to make it better? I know back in the 70s, when I was growing up, litter was a big thing. You saw beer cans and bottle caps and stuff everywhere. It seemed to get a little bit better, but we're going to talk about where we're at now and how litter affects the county. And today we're going to be talking with uh, Jen Kolb, the Executive Director of Clean Fairfax Council. Hi, Jen. Thanks for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. I love talking about litter. Oh, yeah? One of your favorite topics? Well, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about in order to try to solve the problem. So that you don't have to talk about it ever again. I know. I'd love to retire tomorrow. Yeah. Don't go to Mumbai. <laughs> <laughs> so it, apparently it's really bad there. So tell me about Clean Fairfax and what you do. So Clean Fairfax will be 35 years old next year, which is kind of exciting. And Me re- too. <laughs> <laughs> you don't look it. I, I know. <laughs> um, and it is one of um, uh, Fairfax's older uh, nonprofits. It actually grew out of a, um, uh, a committee of the Fairfax County Board of County Supervisors, which they often do. Uh, and uh, we work on issues relating to litter, recycling, and sustainability. So anything environmental, um, I will work on. What is the charter and the mission? How did, how did the group get started? So the group got started by a bunch of squeaky wheels complaining to their board of supervisors uh, about litter in the county back in the 70s. Uh, and they, they put together a task force, which eventually spun off into its own 501c3 nonprofit. Um, at the time, um, there was not a lot of work being done on litter in Virginia, uh, but that there was a there was talk of perhaps there being a bottle bill, and the bottle bill failed miserably, unfortunately, <laughs> um, as they often do. Because we, I, I I think it's because we're so close to Washington and we have so many lobbyists. So bottle bill being that you have to turn your bottles, the glass bottles, back in. That is correct, or aluminum cans. Okay. Or as we'll see later in our lifetime, plastic also is subject to a bottle bill in bottle bill states. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the bottlers and the retailers all got together and said to the um, 
the uh, legislature, uh, please do not have a bottle bill. Uh, we'll just pay into our um, into a, a fee, into a taxation scheme that you want. Mm-hmm. If you will please just not have a bottle bill for us. And so, forty-three years ago, um, stores and bottlers and distributors of beverages paid into this scheme, which funds organizations like Clean Fairfax. And that fee has never been adjusted for inflation. They're still paying the same amount as they paid 43 years ago. And so the bottle bill would encourage, force, tax, trying to get people to return their bottles back to the distributors? Yes. Is that how it works? At the time, there was a study. Again, we're talking about 43 years ago. Mm -hmm. You think about 43 years ago. What was the most littered item 43 years ago? Aluminum cans. Right. That is not the most littered thing now. Okay. Um, It's plastic and cigarette butts. Right. But 43 years ago, it was aluminum cans. And so you would have been able to take aluminum cans and glass bottles and eventually plastic back to the store for a nickel or a dime. Mm -hmm. And that would have kept it from being littered. And in states where those sorts of schemes um, are in place, um, there's a lot less of that kind of litter. Uh, So those bottle bills work. Um, But there hasn't been a new bottle bill in a long time because um, those bottle bill lobbyists also work. Um, so instead, we work on with this very small amount of money in Virginia to try to deal with the incredible amount of litter that ends up on our roadways and in our streams. Mm-hmm. And one of the challenges is that just in our lifetime, we're probably about the same age, in our lifetime, everything is now made of plastic. Right, everything. And plastic, unlike paper, um, doesn't break down and sort of just disappear into the soil. Mm -hmm. It breaks down into smaller and smaller plastics. And so what you're seeing now is plastic bags, plastic um, single-use water bottles, um, styrofoam, polystyrene, all of these things that are not ending up in our waste energy plant or our landfills or our recycling bins, but they are ending up in our streams and rivers and our oceans. And there, some studies are suggesting that pretty soon they'll actually be more plastic than fish in our oceans. Wow. Because it just keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It doesn't actually go away. It just gets smaller. Interesting. Okay. I'm depressed now. I, <laughs> I have some solutions. Okay. Well, good. Is there more litter now than there was when the big push in the 70s, late 70s, 80s. Is there more litter now than there was then? Absolutely. Um, There is more litter now because we live in a far more disposable culture. Mm -hmm. But our disposable stuff isn't compostable. Right. It's just disposable. And so, as I said just a minute ago, it's plastic. And so it's it's not going anywhere. One of the reasons Mumbai is such a mess is because for a long time we were shipping all of our plastic to India and China and other countries that were taking it. And we didn't know where what was happening to it over there. And when you go visit, you find out what's happening to it wow. over there. So now 
those countries are saying, you know what, we don't want the United States dirty plastic anymore, and we're forced to deal with our own waste, and we're drowning in it quite literally. Yeah, and on our last couple podcasts, uh, we have talked quite a bit about recycling, and not just recycling, but clean recycling, where you clean out your proper bottles and the type of plastics and don't mix your plastics um, if it's not the kind of stuff that we recycle in the county, but certainly to keep it within, um, you know, our recycling program. However, you want to make sure that all of your trash at least gets to the, um, the garbage can to then be uh, incinerated or landfilled or, or whatever. So um, what are some of the solutions? What, what are we working on? So the way Clean Fairfax works is we're embedded within the Department of Public Works as a kind of helper organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get a lot of benefit of working with our colleagues at Public Works, um, specifically in solid waste management. But because we're a nonprofit, we're a little bit more agile. We can be a little bit faster uh, to respond to something. So while our friends in Public Works are working on making sure that our recyclables are clean and that we are reusing our glass as best we can with our new glass take-back scheme, crunching it up and putting it in roadbeds, um, we're out there talking about how people can actually make less garbage. And so when I first started here, I had a list of 10 things people could do to be better environmental stewards in Fairfax County. And that was way too many things. 10 is too many. 10 is too many. Okay. And so I dropped it down to seven and seven was too many. I brought it down to five and now I'm down to three. So here are my three things people can do to be better environmental stewards. And the one is to make better choices. Bring your own everything everywhere you go. Bring your own water bottle. Um, bring your own pla- um, your own silverware and knife and fork into the office. Mm-hmm. Um, stop using plastic stuff. Stop using um, uh, to go when you get to go stuff. Don't take the the little packet of plastic wrapped. If you're just bringing it home, because you're going to use your own silverware anyway. So just make better choices. Um, talk to businesses about the choices that they're making. Um, if you go to a restaurant where you sit down, why aren't they using real dishes and glasses and silverware? And why napkins. are they using uh, napkins? Right. Why they have the capacity in their restaurant to wash things? Why is everything plastic? Um, I can tell you that when we're doing out, going out and doing our cleanups. More than 50% of what we find is disposable, single-use plastic junk. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to find less of that. Right. And this is how you do it. You make better choices. Lead by example. Um, if you're not recycling in your office, um, if there are if, if there is not a recycling bin where you go to the gym or to the library or to your favorite store um, – Ask them to put recycling out. Um, If your neighbors aren't recycling, be a kind neighbor and talk to them about recycling. Um, It shouldn't cost any more to put a recycling bin out with your trash if your hauler is picking it up. Um, They are required to pick up recycling as well as trash. Um, 
compost your food waste if you can. Food waste is a huge amount, takes up a huge amount of landfill space. Hmm. Um, it, so wherever you can compost, um, be smarter about food waste. Uh, Americans waste a crazy, crazy amount I of food. I think it's a quarter to a third of the food that's produced is gets wasted. It, it's, I mean, it's shocking, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you go to other countries and you see how they do it, you come back to the United States and you can be pretty horrified by our own behavior. <laughs> and finally, um, it's use your voice. And use your voice means to you know speak up at meetings, go to meetings that you can go to, write letters to the editor, write letters to your county board of supervisors. Um, um, vote. Vote for the environment. Vote for the person who represents your values on environmental issues. Um, well, in the, and in the next year, we've got three opportunities between, um, you know, the state elections that and county elections that we have coming up uh, here in fall of uh, 2019. And then, of course, 2020 with primaries and and other national and local elections, too. That's right. So. And all of our um, Virginia House of Delegates are also up for re-election, all 99 of them, right. I think. So, um, you know, make that a, an issue in your own personal platform um, that you're going to vote for people who are are going to treat the environment well because it, it's, it's, it's not like we can just do a do-over. Um, and... Folks ask all the time, well, you know, it's just there's so much. I don't know what to do first. And I can tell you what I did first when I moved here. Um, and I took this job and I knew that I was going to make single-use plastics sort of my personal platform. Mm -hmm. And that is that I stopped using single-use plastic grocery bags. And that was 11 years ago. And I tell people – you will plastic bags will always come into your life those little grocery bags yeah, yeah. whether you you use them or not somebody will always show up to your house with a banana bread wrapped in a little <laughs> grocery bag it's, you know your in-laws will show up with something in a plastic like even if you don't use plastic bags you will They're still around. have one of those yeah. socks hanging above your sink <laughs> full of bags and i you know i can tell you that after 11 years of not using single-use plastic grocery bags, I still have a sock full of those grocery bags to use walking after my dog or picking up after the cat mm -hmm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and if you just start there, and even if you just start at one grocery store and say, okay, you know what? I am never going to use a plastic grocery bag at Giant, Wegmans, Safeway, I've whatever. I've done that myself in the last couple of years. We, we, all my grocery shopping is done with the reusable grocery bags, and I, I try my best at the other stores when I when I remember to have them. But that that's one thing that I that I've done also. Uh, we also got rid of in my house got rid of the single use water bottles. Yay! Um, that was something we were buying the big thirty five pack of Giant. It's so cheap and so convenient. But uh, my daughters and I made the decision. Got rid of the single-use water bottles. So that's and that is another big thing because that is is the water bottles, especially if you have kids. There's a lot of interesting science around the idea that, um, especially if you keep those bottles around, or if they heat up, or if you put them in the freezer and you let them um, thaw out, 
that the plastic breaks down into the water and mm. be can become an endocrine disruptor, not good for kids' health at all. You definitely don't want to drive around in your car with a case of those for your kids that are playing soccer or lacrosse or whatever sport they might be playing. Um, not good for them. Yeah. Um, much better off with a stainless steel water bottle that you throw in the dishwasher, sanitize. Mm -hmm. Another thing, do not use, I hear this from a lot of people, well, I reuse my single-use plastic water bottle all the time. Well, don't because it's impossible to clean. Right. And so you're just... You, it's just filling up with germs. Yeah. So just... And people probably, they don't think about that, no. uh, you know. And it's, I mean, that's a health thing. That's not even an environmental thing. Right. That's a health thing. So I say, you know, if you, if you can get single-use plastics out of your life, you are doing great. And so that's the message that Clean Fairfax, when we go out and we talk to schools and we talk to, go to town halls and we go to businesses. We're doing a big push on trying to get businesses to be greener, mm -hmm. you know, have them bring back actual coffee cups instead of always using styrofoam yeah. in their little cafeterias. Um, we're going to start highlighting some office buildings that, uh, that are doing the right thing, uh, that have bike racks, bike to school that aren't, you know, paying for companies that aren't paying for people to commute by car, but offsetting bike parking. Like there's so many things we can do to little changes that are not painful, that are not expensive, that really don't require that big of a And some saves you change. money and it's a bit cheaper. A lot of them do. A lot of them do. I mean, the in a perfect example are those coffee pods. Um, right. They are, that is the most expensive coffee outside of the coffee that those weaselly cats eat. And <laughs> that coffee in coffee pods is so expensive by the pound. Um, and at least the Nespresso, you can send the, all the little pods back and oh, they really? repurpose them into something. Right. And then you can buy the repurposed thing at a crazy price on their website for the cachet of having a repurposed coffee pod, commuter bike or whatever. But that's on you. But <laughs> um, but the the Keurigs, are, you, they're not. In fact, there are lawsuits about how not recyclable and not compostable they are. And you end up paying something like $50 a pound for that coffee, which wow. isn't even very good coffee. So, you know, at least if you have one of those coffee pod machines, get a pod that you fill yourself with coffee that you buy at a reasonable rate. Well, which is what I do. I grind the coffee and mm -hmm. then you fill the little pot up. So I was guilty of the Keurig thing a lot myself. I love it. It's quick. It's convenient. However, I now use the – There you go. The, the – the, the reusable, the reusable pod, pod that you fill with your own grounds. And, and then so. you just put the grounds into your compost. Yep. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, that these are all very helpful. Let me I, – I meant to do this earlier. So tell me why litter. Why – Why you said you moved down here and then got into litter. So tell me about why you got into the environment and litter and, and into the program that you're in? Well, I can tell you that I come from a family of environmentals, environmentalists. My father was a... Hippie. A, a, no, <laughs> actually, he was not a hippie. I'm kidding. My mother is a little more of a hippie. My father was a, a tree surgeon for one of the big tree companies. Oh, okay. And after he retired from being a tree surgeon, he became um, sort of a gardener to the stars. And I grew up working with him 
um, I can grow anything. I can when when um, when terrible things happen in the world, I will still be able to grow food. Oh, wow. um, so he taught me all kinds of things. I grew up in the woods um, with a great appreciation for nature, thanks to my parents. Um, and is one of the greatest things uh, I was ever gifted as a child was my um, was growing up in the country, and uh, I have always been a nature girl, and I worked at Brown University, and uh, when I was in my twenties, and I bought my first house in a very rundown urban area that needed trees. Hmm. And I advocated for the city to plant street trees. And that was sort of my first taste into environmental advocacy. And I never looked back. And I ended up running the program that planted all of the city's street trees for almost eight years. And I worked as a kind of a paralegal for the environment for a big nonprofit out of Boston called the Conservation Law Foundation. And we worked on suing dirty power plants out of existence um, and working on fisheries issues uh, for fishermen. Uh, and, uh, and I have always felt like this was my calling. And so when I moved down here with my husband to be closer to uh, his grandfather, who needed a little extra help, um, I saw this job was available, and I thought that that's Right in my uh, right in your wheelhouse, wheelhouse. A, a crusader in yeah. a good way. Um, so that's very admirable, and 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 those of us that benefit from folks like you, you know, certainly you probably don't get the appreciation of of what you need to. No, seriously, um, um, people that give back, they they give back to the community by putting themselves. Uh, into important important stuff is 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 very appreciated, and then helping others that may not be aware or may be apathetic, and then they change things like you said in a, in a little ways at a time can certainly help, and cer- so um, people are a lot more aware of the changes that need to be made for the future, and and um, you know the messages out there are way amped up on what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so what do you do to get the word out? How, how um, um, what does the Clean Fairfax Council do to get their message out? Well, we have a pretty robust Facebook page where we post twice a day interesting articles about plastic pollution, um, a sort of a combination of admonishments and um, yays, you know, here's some great things you can do for the environment, as well as why are you people doing this to the environment? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. Um, and we will, I mean, honestly, uh, my father used to say that I would go to the opening of an envelope. If we are invited to speak somewhere, we will go. We will go talk to anyone about anything having to do with the environment. If it means that there's three people there, uh, we did a we did an awesome presentation to a rotary down in Mount Vernon. I think there were six people there, mm-hmm. and it was one of the best talks we had. Um, and plus, there were pancakes. Um, wow! So pretty much, if there's if there's a if you invite us and there's a snack, um, <laughs> you can pretty much count on us coming. Um, and we've 
we're at the farmers markets as much as we can, giving oh, out great. reusable produce bags. I was bags. just at the recent um, the Burke Farmers Market, and it was fabulous. But they I use saw, way too many plastic yeah, bags. I was the about farmers to say, markets. Right. We would love for the farmers markets to be the first entity in Fairfax County to say no more plastic bags. Well, and certainly the farmers, it benefits them to be able to help promote that, they that really green, do. green environment F- also. Plastic bags are a scourge on a farm between animals getting into them, between mm-hmm. a plastic bag getting caught up in feedstock or in other, some other kind of crop that ends up getting machinery. machinery. And, and There's and no I place just... for plastic bags on a farm. There should be no place for plastic bags in our farmers markets and so we've been working on that for a couple of years with limited success that's such a great point um so certainly single single use is what we really want to get rid of we really want to get rid of single uh, use that's interesting um and i always notice and we talk about some of our best advocates can be the young Our, our kids you know they look at what we do at some point and then make adults sometimes feel guilty for their old habits. And so is that something you're out in the schools and working with them? We are in the schools sometimes. Um, we have found that what with Fairfax County being the 11th largest school district in the country, mm-hmm. that one and a half people is not nearly enough. Oh, my gosh. What we really need is for the school board to make it a priority that some kind of environmental education is taught, is a message. Um, because it, it, the, the level of environmentalism in the schools varies greatly. Hmm. So we'll have a, a... From school to school? From school to school. We'll have a teacher who's really excited about it. And if she moves to another school or he goes out of the county, um, if we go back and the teacher that replaced that teacher is not into it, it doesn't happen. Um, Because there's no consistency with with this. And I understand there are so many things that teachers have to do, and there are so many things that administrators have to deal with, that adding another thing, like the environment, which is so big and amorphous, it's like picking up a jellyfish with tongs, right? But it, it... it's impossible for all of us who work in public outreach, whether it's the Department of Public Works working in public outreach and Clean Fairfax and some of the other nonprofits. There are not enough of us to be able to send one unified message to the schools without there being this top-down approach from the school board. Well, and so is this something that we can, um, certainly as residents in the community, voters in the community, we have our kids is this something that we can bring to the PTA and bring to our school board members that are running for office at the moment that they have this on their platforms also? This is how you use your voice. Mm-hmm. This is how you use your voice with even the the smallest, and I'm using my air quotes here, smallest, because there are no small elections. Right. Um, with the school board members, with the county board of supervisor members, with the you know, with the um, whatever the election is, that's where you go and you talk about how these things need to change. We we wanna we want someone to go down to Richmond and push for a bag ban or a bag bill, um, so that municipalities can can implement one if they want to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we want the school board to be thinking about how they're going to be looking at something like climate change going forward. I mean, I think that we have all seen Greta on our television the last two days. Mm-hmm. And and the, the, the one of the things that, that Zach and I, Zach's our program manager for our Clean Streams Initiative, is that we cannot keep asking children and residents to fix the environment, right? We need to ask our legislators and producers of the things that we're picking up out of the streams and the roadside and the oceans to start taking some responsibility. And so that's when we use our voice, that we demand some accountability. And if that means that our legislators go to the plastic producers lobbying and say, you know what, here in Virginia, we really need to do something about this plastic bag situation. What do we, we can either work together or we can work against you, but we're going to work. Um, and I would love to be able to be front and center at all of those discussions, but we are one and a half people and yeah. we can't do everything. This is, uh, again, like many of the topics that we have on the show, we could talk for hours about it. And and you seem very enthusiastic. And and, and I am right along with you. And hopefully that this message will help get out. Um, So where can people go to get more information about Clean Fairfax Council and then what what you guys do? So we have a great website, cleanfairfax.org. And you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Clean Fairfax. And you can also find our Facebook page at Clean Fairfax Council. But all of those things are linked from our Facebook page as well. Um, We're also linked, I think, from the Department of Public Works um, main county page because we're a a sub-program. Right. And you are actually under um, fairfaxcounty.gov slash public work slash litter. That would um, be us. <laughs> so if you're looking for litter, no, no. If you're trying to get rid of litter, go and get information. And if there's and, – and then so groups and folks can also um, contact you guys to have you come out and speak. Yes. And if you're a, an HOA and you're trying to figure out how to green up your – community, you want to do a cleanup, we'll help you sort that out. We'll send you bags and gloves. Um, If you want us to come out and talk about ways that your whole community can be greener, if you need help with your recycling, we can hook you up with our friends at Solid Waste Management and Collections and Recycling. We're good friends with all of those folks. Um, You know, it just, all you have to do is ask and we'll, we'll figure out how to help you. Great to know. Jen, thank you so much for for coming coming in. It, this was a great conversation, and I, I'm sure that you and I could sit and talk about this <laughs> stuff for 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 hours. But we only have so much time. Um, Irene, you know, cracks the whip and makes us <laughs> stop talking at some point. She, um, but no, I'm kidding. Irene is wonderful. Irene Haskey, who helps set up uh, all of our great uh, content for the show. Um, So, Jen, thanks again. Thanks again for coming in. Um, That's it for this episode uh, of EnviroPod. Oh, I I do have one last thing. Um, The Fairfax County Park Authority is having some watershed cleanup dates throughout the month of October. Um, I'm going to be out at one um, out in Centerville, Cub Run area. 
Um, there's three or four in Centerville, Virginia Run, Cub Run, a number of places on October 26th. So there's a watershed cleanup that uh, is with uh, DPWES and the Park Authority, and we're going to be covering that and doing some. So get your kids out and uh, come on out and help uh, clean up our watershed. Um, again, thanks again to Jen for coming out, and that's it for this episode of Fairfax County's EnviroPod. If you want to hear more, you can find us at fairfaxcounty.gov podcast. And, of course, the DPWES website. And you can also get us on iTunes and SoundCloud. We're out there. I know it's only a few shows in, but uh, we're hoping to uh, get some traction. Um, if you have any questions, comments, or an idea or topic to be discussed on EnviroBot, email swpdmail at fairfaxcounty.gov or call 703-324-5821. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh... Again, thank you, Irene, for helping set all this up. Um, That's it for this episode of EnviroPod. I'm Scott Coco.